You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group and American National Insurance. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For. People who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. Welcome to To Dine for the Podcast, where we meet the world's most innovative and creative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Joanna Griffiths. Now I think we've seen the the power and the benefit of what can happen when you see yourself in marketing. We're really starting to undo like decades and decades worth of damage and programming that we face that we are not enough. Joanna Griffiths is the founder and CEO of NYX, a direct-to-consumer intimate apparels brand. Since launching the company in 2013, Joanna has built NYX into one of the fastest-growing intimate apparel brands globally. Through a focus on product innovation and the brand's mission to empower women to be unapologetically free, a NYX item is now sold every seven seconds, and the company has shipped more than half a million orders in the last 12 months alone. In fact, NYX was recently named the sixth fastest growing company in Canada. Joanna holds multiple patents and has been cited in hundreds of media publications, including Forbes, Fast Company, The New York Times. She's been recognized on both the national and international stage for her work as a marketing disruptor, amplifying the topics of body inclusivity, fertility, mental health, and postpartum. Please enjoy this interview with Joanna Griffiths. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Thanks. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on To Dine For, the podcast. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's it's really funny. I've been following your career um, for quite some time now. And is this the week that you got acquired? Today. 
I mean, what is the time? The timing of this could not be more amazing. Yeah, literally today. I, I just took news maybe an hour ago. So wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What an uphill climb. What a journey. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty surreal. We, um, we are moving offices this week as well. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, I still am working from home and, and so it's easy for these things to not feel completely real, but, but moving physical spaces kind of corresponding with our sale makes it feel a little bit more like the end of a chapter and start of a new one. So yeah. Amazing. Well, let me, I I really want to dive into your whole full circle career, but I'm going to begin this podcast the way I begin all podcasts by asking the guests their favorite restaurant. Are you in Toronto right now? I am. I'm in Toronto right now. So where, if you could pick any restaurant, where is it that you would take me? Mm. So I would take you to a spot called Piano Piano. It's owned and operated by a close friend of mine named Vicky. So I think there's something so special when you know the story and the person behind the business. And what kind of food is it? It's Italian food. It's like fantastic Italian food. It's elevated food by still super casual, if that makes sense. So just like really great high quality ingredients. And they've spent a lot of time and energy on the ambiance. So the decor is amazing. And it's one of those places where it just facilitates great conversation. So yes. I just go there with you on like a casual Tuesday. I've hosted big celebrations there. It's just the perfect kind of mashup of great environment, great decor, incredibly casual, but elevated food and a really, really fantastic couple that, that own and, and are behind the scenes at the restaurant as well. And it's called Nikki Nikki. It's called Piano Piano. Piano Piano. But it's, it's, it's owned by a friend of mine named Nikki. Okay. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's his next restaurant is going to be called yeah, Nikki Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki Nikki, I can pass that along. Yeah. It's actually, it's, it, um, it's a woman and you, if you know Nick's then you will definitely know who Nikki is. One of the most shared and iconic photos that we've ever shared is of Nikki posting topless with her double mastectomy. She's a two-time cancer survivor and has just the most inspirational, uplifting story. And it, it's actually one of the the viral moments at Nick's is this like incredibly strong, powerful photo of Nikki. Wow. Isn't that interesting? So we're going to get to that in just a second because your company, it it doesn't just sell product. It really is a force for good in the world. And I want to get into kind of the ethos behind that. But take me back to college. You went to college in Toronto. I looked at your LinkedIn profile and saw some of your background and it it looked like you had some uh, jobs in media relations and business development. So I'm wondering... Where did the idea begin? Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur in the back of your head? And and really, how did you get started? I had no idea that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> it all sort of happened by accident. I started my career and I went, I did a business degree in undergrad. I did that because I was obsessed with the music industry. I was, mm. kid, well, I guess I'm wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt today, which feels very <laughs> fitting. I don't usually wear band t-shirts, but look at it. <laughs> Everything lining up for us here. So yeah, I was I was the kid in high school and in junior high school who would buy CDs and albums and read the liner notes cover to cover to see who produced the record, who the manager was, all those different things. And I I grew up singing jazz. I at one point I think my music singing jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wow. Singing. I grew up very in in you know being musical, I guess but really did not have the guts to go for it on my own and instead decided that I wanted to be behind the scenes in the music industry. So that's what I went to undergrad for. I did a business degree 
all my friends went off and became accountants and, uh, you know, investment bankers and, and all these different things. And I started as an assistant at a record label where they called me CSI girl because my job was to photocopy newspaper clippings of the press. <laughs> I would be covered in ink and just get like black and white ink splotches all over my face and leave CSI marks all around the office. Um, so I didn't know this until later, but my nickname in the office was, was CSI girl. That's which, hilarious. Yeah. It's a little bit embarrassing, um, <laughs> but you were living your passion. You were at least in the industry you wanted to I be was. in. I was, I totally was. And I had a great, I had a great time. I worked at universal music. I got to work with tons of, you know, really talented and inspiring folks. And I, I learned the power that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people, whether you're a rock star performing on the stage or you're someone behind the scenes, and it's ultimately up to us what we choose to do with our life and our platform. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of started my journey to then begin taking risks, betting on myself, taking the path kind of less, less followed. And then ultimately, you know, here I am and, and have my own company and, and it's been very cool. Okay. That, I love how you just put that. It's like you, it's like you, you, you put a bow on your entire life and career in like one or two sentences, which I know. There are multiple layers to this, Joanna. Yes, so yeah. let, let's begin at the very beginning of Nyx because you, you're you not, you know, you're here you are, you're in the music industry, you're actually living a dream life because you're living in your passion, you're working in your the industry you want to. At what point do you have the idea for Nyx and, and where do you have, find the courage to get started? So I came up with the idea for Nyx probably back in 2008. So wow, okay. a, long, a long time ago. I first learned, you know, how many people experience leaks, whether it's um, leaks during your period or leaks triggered by pregnancy or postpartum. And I was in shock. I really couldn't believe that so many people were living with this on a day-to-day -day basis and that there were no products being suitably designed for people. So I had this idea in the back of my head, the working title, I will tell you for a very long time was sexy diapers. <laughs> and that was the working title, sexy pads, diapers. Um, oh, that's hilarious. No pun intended. I sat on it for a couple of years and then ended up being overlooked for a promotion at the company I was working at, became super frustrated mm. and decided that I was going to take my career into my own hands and go back and get an MBA. Mm. I took that leap and ended up at a school just outside of Paris that's called NCAD. It's an amazing school. It's the most global business school in the world. So if you can imagine, there's 500 students, there's 80 different nationalities represented amongst 500 students. It really is a melting pot for- you. So wait a minute, you went to business school outside of Paris? Yes. And yes. you speak French because you live in Toronto. Uh, I mean, listen, I kind of speak French. You, <laughs> enough. It's not you speak French like, enough. Yeah, enough to to maybe order order like a glass of wine and <laughs> dinner. <laughs> maybe find my way to the train station. It's like that limited. Okay, that's funny. Um, but I, I speak, you have to speak three languages to go to this school. So I speak a little bit of French. I used to speak Spanish because I lived in, in Latin America for a period of time in Bolivia to learn Spanish when I was down there. And ended up at this business school that had a huge focus on entrepreneurship that I wasn't expecting. Wow. And so the first week of school, I was sitting around a huge table with, with a bunch of my classmates and we were all throwing out business ideas. And I threw up the idea for Nix. Everyone was talking about making an app or the Uber of this or the Airbnb of this. And I was like, well, did you know that this many people leak and that 
you know, periods are a real challenge for folks. And what if someone made a product that just made it better? What if someone made incredibly great looking leak proof underwear? Like, wouldn't that be cool? And so everyone at the table, like kind of stopped in their tracks and they're like, Joanna, this is a really good idea. You should, you should look into this. And so I did, I spent a year, my whole year doing my MBA, getting help from other classmates, doing every single project that I possibly could on what is now Nick's. Did a lot of online research, talking to different people, getting them to tell me about what they were looking for from products. And ultimately was kind of faced with a a head-to-head decision. I was interviewing for a job to move to Los Angeles back in the entertainment world. I was waiting to find out if I was going to get my visa, my work permit or not. And I had a moment in the bathroom on campus where I just broke down because I knew I wanted to do next. I didn't want to get the visa. I didn't want to go to that job. I wanted to to try this kind of wild idea and see what would happen. And so I ended up making that choice. And at first I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I'll do it for a year. You know, if it doesn't work out in a year, then I can always move on to something else. And then a year in, I was like, okay, well, this, you know, it's still slow to start, but at least I'm getting really great experience. And if I just keep doing this, then, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen again. And I kind of took that approach little by little. I never thought I would build a company of this size. If I had, I wouldn't have started to be honest, because it would have been way too intimidating. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute, but first thank you to our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Grilling season is here. And you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, 
and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. Isn't it interesting looking back, and, and I'm so excited and really feel honored that I get to do this interview with you today, but isn't it interesting looking back, a couple of things that happened to you. One of them is you had that experience where you got passed over for a promotion, and, and that, that sort of unsettled agitation, frustration, that was in you, knowing what the workplace was really like, that, that may have set you up for making that leap to do next. that's one. And two, the fact that you went to a business school that was so entrepreneurship focused really kind of set you up for thinking this is possible. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, I really, you know, when it goes back to being overlooked for that promotion, one of the things that I've come to appreciate is that I'm successful, but only because I failed so many times along the way. Mm. So for many, you know, getting overlooked for a promotion, not getting the job that you wanted, that's that's a failure, but it's what you do with that to drive you forward. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that, you know, cause I could have just kept going on that path. If they'd said yes, then who knows where I would be today. So I think every time you're at a crossroads like that, I at least have used it as a chance to kind of rethink my priorities and really think like, okay, is this, is this actually what I want? Should I be pivoting and, and, you know, using this as a moment to kind of go, go somewhere new. So really grateful for that. And then, yeah, extremely grateful that I went to that school with the focus on entrepreneurship. I candidly, I didn't even really know what an entrepreneur was. <laughs> it was this kind of out there idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought you had to run a tech company to be an yeah. entrepreneur. You had to like, I didn't know that you could do it in so many different ways. Yes. And and I think what people don't realize is, is 10 years ago, which was, it was 2012, 2013, when you started Nix, it wasn't the trendy, hot thing to do that it is now. And you can tell people listening just how incredibly difficult it is. I'd love for you to talk about those first couple of years. Yeah. What was your most difficult pain point at the very beginning and how did you overcome it? Yeah. So in the beginning, I mean, and, and candidly throughout the whole way, financing my business and raising money for my company was extremely challenging. So when I started Nix and first went out to raise capital it was 2012, 2013, I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley. This was before kind of the Me Too movement happened in era. There weren't a lot of female partners within the investment community. Talking about leak-proof underwear to a oh, room full God. of white I mean, men? Imagine, imagine the meetings. It was horrifying, <laughs> honestly. So every meeting basically went the same. I would go in for the meeting. I would pitch the partner. At some point, they would stop me and say, wait, 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 wait. I can't relate to this. Let me go grab someone and see if they, they know what you're talking about. So they would wow. go and grab woman that they could find, drag this poor person into the boardroom, wow. ask them, right, do you leak? Do you, oh. this? do you have this problem? And, or they would go home and they would ask their partner. And then I would kind of get the same thing back, which was, you know what? People don't really have this problem. So we think the market's too niche. And it was wild to me because it's like, what are you even talking about? This right. is a product for periods. Literally right. 51% of the population menstruates at one point in time. These right. are real problems. These aren't niche problems, but it was so early 
And people thought the idea was was really weird. Um, well, but let's just stop you there because that is phenomenal. I mean, this is something that that is fifty percent of the population, and they think this is a, a niche issue that doesn't affect our world. I mean, that alone is stunning and really says so much, doesn't it? it so much, yeah. And so, honestly, fundraising was hard the whole way through. It was hard in the beginning because people didn't understand the concept. Then we got product market fit. And so then the numbers started to speak for themselves, which I got a lot of feedback from people that they were confused by, you know, it's like, wow, this company is growing. And it's so weird that it's growing because it makes these products and like they use real people in their marketing. You know, that was the next obstacle. It was like, oh, well, it's not very attractive this whole thing is not very aesthetically pleasing because we used our customers. We used everyday folks, you know, in our marketing. And so that was very new and kind of jarring for people. And let's talk about that decision. Like that decision was crucial because it really, in a way, differentiated you. Yeah, You know, you, you really believed in using the faces and the bodies of everyday women as front and center. What, when did you make that decision and why? So early. So really going back to 2013. And I want to say that it was overly complicated, but it wasn't. We were trying the product on a whole bunch of different bodies because we fit test on every single size. And I was blown away. It looked the product looked fantastic on everyone. We really spent a lot of time ensuring that the underwear didn't dig in, you know, all those things that sort of I'd hated about underwear before. And so the thought was pretty simple. It's like, wow, this looks great. We're selling this product online and in stores, but online, why don't we showcase it on every single size? And we did that back in 2013. I think we were the first brand to do that. And then the response was incredible. And it also was, you know, really at odds with what was then done in the intimates industry. It was kind of the height of Victoria's Secret and their fashion shows and the angel movement. And I knew through my research, people wanted to feel seen. They wanted to feel represented the intimates category was making them feel like they weren't enough. And now I think we've seen the the power and the benefit of what can happen when you see yourself in marketing. We're really starting to undo like decades and decades worth of damage and programming that we face that we are not enough. And you're right. It was a huge point of differentiation for us in the beginning. I'm so happy to say that it's not anymore. It's now table stakes. If you aren't showcasing the broader population, then you're basically doing it intentionally at this mm-hmm. point because mm-hmm. it's so normal and it's so kind of what what happens now. You know, I grew up with body Im- image challenges. I like, you know, and, and most of my friends did too. And I mean, what a woman lot. at one point in their life doesn't have a body image issue. I mean, at exactly. one point, I mean, come on. It was impossible not to, though, you know, because every image that you were seeing from brands, from media publications was overly photoshopped, like perfect model, you know, and and it's challenging. Talk me through at one point, when do you go from selling product and marketing that product and all the the nuances and subtleties of, of running a business to thinking broader in terms of what you just talked about, body image, but you also touched on fertility and postpartum and all of the issues that go along with being a woman. When did you allow those topics to become part of the conversation you wanted to have? Yeah. 
about pretty early, honestly. So I got some tremendous advice very, very early in my journey with Nix. It was from someone who, who sat on my board for quite a long time and we were going for lunch. I was just getting started and I was finding it so hard to, I don't know, like honestly get out of bed. Mm. Like I was just really overwhelmed you know, some days I didn't want to go in and face my team of two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's this be is clear. too much. <laughs> let's be clear. It wasn't a lot of people, but, uh, you know, I just, I just was having a hard go of it. And so he gave me some great advice. He was like, Joanna, you have to attach your company to something bigger and greater than you. I can mm. tell you have a hard time advocating for yourself. You feel guilty when things go well. It's a lot of, you know, Christian guilt and upbringing that goes on there. <laughs> And so I centered Nix to be a mission-led company from the very beginning. And our mission is to empower people to be un- unapologetically free. Mm-hmm. And we articulated that pretty early. And we started talking about body image and you know identity. And then through that, sort of found our way into other conversations that we felt like our community wanted to have. And I'm lucky too, because I've actually grown up with the brand. Like I started Nix when I was 28 years old. I wasn't married. I was single. I hadn't had kids. And then I got to go through these journeys of, you know, fertility challenges and like becoming a parent, postpartum depression, all those things. And I think I'm a pretty like average person to be honest. And so if I was experiencing something and I felt in the dark, alone, lost, my spidey senses would go off and I would sort of realize that like someone else was probably experiencing it too. And that's how we found our way into a bunch of these different conversations. And now I'm really lucky because we have a whole team of people who work at Nix, no longer two, more a couple hundred at this point. <laughs> and everyone comes for the mission. So now I think everyone on our team is like, okay, what topics should we take on next? where do we think people want to learn and grow and and talk about things that they haven't before? And so now we have a whole group of people that are kind of stewarding the brand and the stories that we tell. Am I wrong, but do you have twins? I do. Yes. That's what I remember. Okay. So, and you, you were very much outward about, you know, being pregnant in the role that you had, which was a very important, uh, you had so much on your plate, literally and figuratively. And it was like, oh my gosh, the, the stress. And I think what was amazing about how you handled it is how transparent you were about the issues you faced, how it wasn't all sunshine and roses every day. It was hard. And that you were, I, I got the sense that you were very proud to be pregnant and to be in the role that you were in. And I think you had a sense that that, that you really could be a role model. Am I right about that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I think in terms of being open and vulnerable, I don't think it does anyone any favors when we pretend that life is easy. Hmm. I think it affects other people's mental health and makes them feel like there's something wrong with them or they're the ones that don't have it figured out when everyone else has it figured out. And so as a business owner in particular, I think there's a lot of pressure to project the image that everything's going really well. Mm -hmm. And the honest truth is that even when things are going well, some things are still going badly and it, you know, it's filled with ups and downs and it's really, it's a mental kind of journey. And so I opted to be honest with the highs and the lows and part of the highs and the lows for me was building this company. I had three kids very close together. I had three kids under two. And so it was kind of going on this journey of, of growing Nick's while being a new parent, 
raising little humans. And I think why I wanted to share it and wanted to be open about you know, even things like I have a nanny and I'm lucky and privileged yes. that I get to have help, you know, mm-hmm. because for a long time, I was very worried about how I could do both be a parent and run this company. And that's because everyone only showed like the shiny parts of things. And so the reality is, is that you can do both. You just have to give yourself a lot of grace. Yes. And it's difficult as hell. And it's hard. Yeah. yeah. You have to acknowledge that like, you know, you might be really good at one thing and you're not going to be good at the other. And there's trade-offs, you know? So yeah. So I have been open and the proud thing I think becomes from, you know, when I was pregnant with the twins, we went out to raise our series B round of financing and I got some pushback from people that I couldn't do both. Wow. And so that was a little bit of a, like, you know, I'll show you kind of thing because I just can't believe that we're still here. We are it's 2022 and we're still questioning women's ability to be leaders. Yeah. And I'm just a bit tired of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and you, you, by living the life, the way that you're living it and by doing what you're doing, you are, you know, kind of flying in the face of that mentality and, and, and the world needs more Joanna's to show that it is possible. And, and I, I salute you for being so transparent about the whole scenario. I'm wondering, have you ever interacted with Sarah Blakely? Because you, you know, you, you have not, because I, I know that like in, in a way Spanx, is somewhat of a competition because they have underwear, but although your company and your ethos are completely different, I just feel like I wondered if she would be able to give you the mentorship and and really the, that sense of camaraderie because you both have done something so incredibly difficult. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've never I have never met Sarah. I can candidly say that I, I wouldn't have started NYX if it wasn't for her. Wow. I was highly, highly impacted by seeing her and seeing her success and identifying with someone that, you know, if they could do it, maybe I could too. Right. And so we announced the signing of our sale about two months ago. And one of the coolest things that happened was I got a lot of messages from people, other founders, basically saying that being like, I'm crying. I just needed to see someone do it. You know, this is like huge. And I went back and I found a message that I wrote to Sarah Blakely, a DM that I sent her in 2019, basically thanking her and saying, mm-hmm. like, I've been on this journey now for several years. You've had such a big influence on me. She's a twin mom as well. So mm-hmm. she, she, has, she has four kids. God bless her. And so I think it's great. I think it's so important to have role models, whether you get to meet them or not. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate as an outsider looking in is um, her authenticity Yes, and how she has supported women. I really have a ton of respect for her and maybe someday we'll meet. I think you should. I think, I think there'd be a great, great synergy there. Take me through what it's like to build a company, work so hard. And I know there was some, we're, we're really just glossing over some brutally difficult days. <laughs> we're getting you, we're giving the highlight reel of your life here. Yeah. But but the acquisition, it's what many founders, I shouldn't say all, what many founders dream of to then be acquired, to build something, birth it, no pun intended, and then send it on its way. What was the process like for you and what details can you offer? Yeah. You know, it's been a really interesting chapter, to be honest. I wasn't looking to sell the company. We had just recently brought on new investors and we were, you know, building the company on our own. 
but I started talking with the folks at Edacity about a year ago and really spending a lot of time getting to know them. I'd met them a couple, several years ago, actually, was when we first connected. So a real lesson in terms of the importance of maintaining relationships Mm. and, you know, never letting a door close. And so when we, when we started talking again last year, they really felt like this was the right moment and they were the right partners. Mm. And it was, you know, I'll be honest, it's very scary at first to decide that this was the next step of something that I wanted to do because it's scary. It's, it's very emotional for a lot of reasons. And so much of my identity and I am is tied to Nick's because basically I've spent the last 10 years of my life, like taking all the causes, things that I'm passionate about and like pouring it into this company. And so to find someone who would still allow me to do that, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm staying on as a major shareholder. I'm staying on in the role of, of leading Nick's going forward. And that was really important to them too. They said, we only want to do this if you're mm. going to do it with us. Mm. And so that kind of gave me the, the feeling that it was the right move and the right step forward. I checked in with my leadership team and had a great talk with them about, okay, I'm only doing this if you all are in this too. Like, are you going to do we want, is this right? And then went through the process. So it was over a year. Okay which I think people don't realize they need these things happen overnight and it doesn't, it takes a long time. And yeah, today's the culmination, I guess, of all of those, those different things. We um, had to get some regulatory approval in different countries. So there's all these like complications that no one tells you about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a big day. And I, I think whether you want to sell your company or you don't, one thing that I think is universally true is like, when you build something, you just want to make sure that it has a home. Mm-hmm. Like you want to see it continue on and continue to grow and evolve. And so for me, that's what this means. It means like a long-term home for Nix. It's a huge amount of validation for our category. Mm-hmm. I'm a Canadian founder. We're based in Canada. It's the largest exit, private exit by a female founder in the history of the company of the country, rather. So the fact that it happened from inventing a product that so many women needed is I think comes full circle back to that point of like, this isn't a niche. Yes. We can build big businesses. We can solve real problems and we can help people. And it can be on something that's entirely centered around a topic like women's health. Well, it's interesting because I think about that conversation you had with a mentor slash investor who said you had to make it bigger than yourself to get through this. And the irony is now the difficulty when you do make it something bigger than yourself actually makes it more emotional to give mm. away because you have invested so much of your values and ethos into it. What will your new title be? So my new title is um, founder and president. Okay. So I no longer have a CEO title because there's one global CEO within Essity. Um, So yeah, I, I like my new title. I love it. I can't do it. I almost, I went on LinkedIn about an hour ago to change it and I candidly became too emotional. <laughs> I, I actually couldn't make the change. So maybe wow. at some point next week, I'll update it. Yeah. But are you able to share the financial, like what it was acquired for? You said it was the largest acquisition in Canada of a female founder. Yeah. Yeah. So the valuation for the company was 400 million US dollars. Um, incredible. Thank incredible. You. Cheers yeah. to you, Joanna. That yeah. is just incredible for you and for women everywhere. So your role will be to continue to shape not only the company, but also what we were talking about, what the company is saying to the world, correct? That's right. Yeah, we're we're so excited to 
really continue on our journey and our mission of making great products, telling incredible human stories. Not a lot's going to change for us. And I keep saying that to my team. I'm like, it's going to be a little bit boring because (laughs) they're still stuck with me and (laughs) operating as a separate entity. And, you know, we got bought because we were doing a lot of things right. And so the goal is keep doing doing what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think my team keeps being surprised. Because I'm like, well, the strategy now is the same as it was before. So this and well, it's so funny. I went on LinkedIn before our interview, and I saw so many posts from some of your employees very excited to stay on because I'm sure with the idea that you would be acquired, that they didn't know what was going on, and that you could tell that they were just thrilled to be able to continue on with the company, which must make you feel really good. It makes me feel great. It, it was that candidly was like a non-negotiable for me. Our team is great. And and it was for, for the folks at SD too. Like they really, you get bought because you're doing something right. And yes. the team, the team, the entire team at Nix is a huge part of that. So yeah, we're, we're thrilled to get to stay together and, and keep building together. I know this is not the question you want, but it's the question I have from listening to your career trajectory and everything you did to bring Nix to fruition. Could you ever see yourself with a completely new idea beginning again as an entrepreneur? I mean, listen, never say never. <laughs> what I think at the moment is, I don't know if I want to be a CEO again in the really? future. I do. Yeah. Like I, I think I, I would love to continue to have great ideas to support other people in their journey as being the ones in the driver's seat. I think that's like the biggest impact that I can have going forward. I still have a lot of work to do at Nix, but I don't know if I could do it all over again. The stars aligned so beautifully for this one. And yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, and it's almost it's almost an unfair question on this day that you're being acquired, you're moving into a new role to ask. But, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it, I know. you know, so I'm like, what's next after that? You know, the same thing happened when we announced the, the signing. People are like, great, what's next for you? And I'm like, well, I, I still have my job, and um, I don't know what's next. But no, I I really believe that I have a great future ahead of me, championing and investing in other founders and entrepreneurs, and and being the one behind the scenes that's cheering them on as it's their turn. I've had a few people like that in my life and I'm extremely grateful for them. So uh, that's what I want to do. Yes. A mentor extraordinaire uh, is definitely in your future. Yeah, exactly. That would be, that would be fun. Joanna, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled for you. I think this is amazing and it's wonderful to talk to you on such a momentous day for you. So thank you for making some time for me. I wish we were at Piano Piano having a glass of red. Yes, when you come to Toronto, we will. And, you know, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to document this really big day and milestone in my life. I'm sure, you know, what a cool thing to always have this interview to be able to come back to. And so I'm just thrilled to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much and enjoy your day. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.